0: all right nice to get a little early early tip in before the schedule start but uh, we got a uh, you know a few things to go off of here uh on this special edition of running with war see we got drew and Gabe in the building with me uh glad to have y'all on, brothers uh back at it you know they were on with me yesterday we did sort of a conventional show yesterday this one a bonus episode i would say but a, a pretty good episode uh uh nonetheless we're gonna bring it back to the soil as it were you know group, grassroots you know keeping it real chicago uh in this in this episode you know talking to a couple of high school coaches in the area and uh one in particular is going to be coaching at uh, the Chicago Elite Classic, which, if you don't know, has become a pretty uh, you know substantial event in prep high school uh, basketball here in Chicago. It's uh, you know put on by uh, primarily by two of our most esteemed programs here, Simeon and Whitney Young. Uh, Their men's and women's uh, programs both play every year at the event. And they bring in great talent from across the country, Uh, you know, uh, know, all types of future, uh, you know, McDonald's All-Americans and, you know, college and pro stars have played in this event. And this is going in its 10th year this year. uh, Last year, of course, because of the pandemic, it wasn't put on, but uh, makes a grand return this year at the uh, Credit One Arena, formerly known as UIC Pavilion. So uh, we look forward to uh, that event. I'm going to be there during the weekend. And, uh, you know, our first guest will be a coach in there, uh, Tony Young, coach of Fenwick High School and uh, a, a, a old friend, I guess, of me and Drews. We both ran into him at Southern Illinois University while we were uh, covering, uh, helping cover the SIU Saluki uh, basketball program. And... Um, so we look, definitely look forward to having him on the show. He'll be on in uh, about ten minutes or so, and after that, we'll have uh, Steve Parham, uh, another friend of Drew's, who's become a friend of the show. Uh, he's coaching at Julian, and uh, he's also uh, he also does some writing himself on uh, the the prep lead, uh, the prep scene in Chicago and and in Illinois, and uh, you know we just go. Like say, talk a little bit about what's going on, what we what we should know about, because you know it's, it's not easy to cut to keep up with everything on that level of ball. But there's always some good stuff going on in Chicago, and uh, we definitely want to, like I like say, in the in the interests of keep keeping this as a, a true basketball podcast where we pay attention to everything. You know, I definitely wanted to have a, a good presence on that prep level and uh we starting that out with this uh this episode here tonight but uh first you know I'm do a little bit of uh you know our conventional pro basketball talk again uh coming out of yesterday we did a we did preview these games and and actually one of the games was on while we were on air yesterday but uh you know yeah you two big games yesterday the Knicks and the Nets uh Nets overcome the Knicks uh and, uh, of course the big matchup out West Phoenix hosting, uh, the warriors Phoenix pretty much, uh, make a statement for themselves right there in that game, uh, take, taking down the warriors, uh, stuff. I, I mentioned yesterday about Steph. you know, not remembering what a bad game is like for Steph, but he, he, he kind of remi- reminded us yesterday. I mean, you know, some, not some so much good shooting from him and, uh, You know, this is a game, too, where uh, Booker, you know, I I may mention a Booker and maybe him wanting to show out yesterday. He leaves the game early and uh, some news has come out today about him uh, maybe having to deal with a hamstring uh, ongoing. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that affects the Suns going forward. But it didn't affect them too much uh, last night. Their defense was on point. They uh, really affected Golden State's uh execution all around and they took control of that game in the later in the later portions and uh you know really didn't have much trouble towards the end but uh I'll let you guys go off man what what were your thoughts on on how things played out yesterday uh with either one of those games but uh you know what, what do you think of the statements that were made
1: well like like you said we were recording while that uh battle for New York was going on but just catching the tail end of it the the game, the type of game that James Harden had. It seems like he may be starting to come around a bit. Um, I haven't been keeping very much close attention to the Nets, but um I think he had like what, 34 points, some to that extent. Um, a lot of which came in that first half. And then uh KD kinda got him home in the end. I was trying to figure out what was going on with Julius Randle and him ar- arguing with the refs toward the end of that game and yeah, he caught some heat for that today. Yeah, yeah. The um one did yeah, have
0: thirty-four with 10 uh, rebounds and eight assists on so neutral triple double for him.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and you know, the the Bulls got both of those teams coming up uh tomorrow and on Saturday. So um <laughs> it's gonna be some tough matchups for both of both of uh both of those opponents for the Bulls, but um with the, with the Warriors and the, the Suns, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was if we didn't know already, those two teams really are really well mm-hmm. built together and, and really good considering that Booker left in the second quarter and the game that Steph Curry had because of the defense that was being thrown his way um, to make his, his shots or his life difficult last night. Um, so that was my, big, my biggest takeaway from – from those two games last night
0: and they go right back at it on Friday so mm-hmm. there's a, you know uh so the Warriors can get their lick back uh right away and playing on their home court uh so you know still a lot to be decided there but I, I think it's it's good to see that the Suns got that win and really asserted themselves once again they've already been doing so with this long winning streak but you know uh in the in the biggest game they've had so far, they uh, reasserted themselves and showed that you know, the, the West may still run through them, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was impressed by Phoenix last night, you know, to be able to pull out a win like that without Booker. Um, the young guys were on a mission to show and prove that what they did last year was no fluke. You know, everybody talks about Steph had a bad game, but my Bridges, you know, did an excellent job, you know, with it showcasing his versatility on the defensive end, you know, switching and whatnot and guarding him one-on-one. They put a lot of size and length um, on him, and I think that's, you know, what led them having a rough night. I also like the fact that they sought to, you know, get it into the paint and take advantage of mismatches that they had against Golden State inside with Aiden. You know, there were so many times where, you know, Draymond was getting caught up, and as great of a defender as he is, you know, you giving up about six, you know, seven inches in height to DeAndre Ayton, who took advantage and had a big time game. Uh, Chris Paul late, you know, reminded me of a guy that I saw many you know, years ago in Houston when he was closing out games besides Harden in the fourth quarter in, a, in the midst of when they made their Western Conference run back in 17, 18. Um, I'm impressed with. But what they've been able to do as a unit and how those guys over there bought into their roles. No one's trying to outdo one another. They just bought into their roles and they playing as a collective unit. And to me right now, Phoenix is the best team in the league. And I, I look at Brooklyn with James. James is starting to get his rhythm at the right time. You know, it's getting to December around Christmas time. This is typically, I think, when you start to see him rounding out the shape and starting to figure out, you know, how to play his role. How to counterbalance between me and the
1: score,
2: which helps a lot, and he's gonna have to do it, especially with Kyrie still out.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We're coming up. Uh, I got the Got a message from Tony out there, to help him out with getting on with us. But uh, uh, you know, he'll be on in a minute though. But uh, just looking at you know, like I say these these we got these games that where these two teams these you know, two teams are uh, uh, really all four teams uh really were showcased and you know, you get the wins for the Nets and uh and the Suns. Uh, you know, a little less stable situation going on in LA. Uh, you know, LeBron uh being called out, uh reports are all that he's gonna be out indefinitely on the uh the COVID protocol. Uh and You know, I'm comparing his situation with what uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a, you know, uh, a conventional situation, um, more sympathetic situation, I would say, even the LeBron in Miami with Adebayo, the the reports coming with him today about him having uh, to have thumb surgery to repair a torn ligament in his right thumb. Uh, You know, just right quick, guys, what do you think is the more impactful, uh, you know, injury or, you know, uh, absence that is uh, occurring with these two teams? You know, Miami, we see Saw has got out to a good start. They're looking to contend in the east. Uh, the Lakers, not as good of a start, but we definitely know that they're looking to contend in the west. So what are your thoughts on those two uh, situations and how they can impact those teams?
2: Well, anytime you lose LeBron James, man, you know, the guy who has really been everything and more for the Lakers organization over the last three years, including this, especially this year, rather, you know, with the way that those guys have been discombobulated defensively, guys, you know, trying to get adjusted to one another, such as Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. That's a huge loss, especially when, you know, you're right around that playing range in the Western Conference playoff standings. And, you know, to lose Bam with Miami, you know, that, that's a that's a big one, too, you know, because he was a guy who coming into the start of the year was putting up 20 and 10, looking like a guy that was going to make a case for being on an all NBA team and a bona fide all Star. that, you know, and to lose Bam, especially when you don't have a Hassan Whiteside present anymore, it's going to force them to rely on bigs such as Dwayne Detman. A lot more, even though he's a starter, he's, he's a former starter in this league. He's going to have to play extended minutes. Pat Riley's, you know, hands are going to be full. You know, that everybody has pretty much said that this is like his last hurrah in a championship, if you will. He's gone all in with the money. He's bought Kyle Lowry in there on a the big deal, Resigned signed Oladipo, you know, got P.J. Tucker, world champion from Milwaukee. So it's like, to me, of course, anytime you lose a guy like LeBron, who's still a top five talent, in year 19 in this league, you know, that, that's going to be tough to overcome, especially when you're a Laker squad that's trying to accumulate wins and not only just accumulate wins, but establish chemistry and continuity with new parts and pieces in order to jet the mail, I mean, to, to, to like gel and mesh at the perfect time of the year, which is, you know, down later around like March and April and so forth. So while it may not be an extended absence, it can be extended long enough to where if they lose games, um, LeBron's going to be pressed for time and he's not going to have too much time to be relaxing and, you know, scheduling DMPs due the low management and whatnot.
1: Yeah, that's that's an excellent point, man. Very well said. I'm going to just keep it simple. Just the, the amount of games that both of those guys are going to have to miss, I, I think that Miami is worse off, especially how we talked about last night where there's only – um, as of last night, there were three and a half games separating number one team in the East and the last playing team. So they can ill afford to have too much of a slip up. And BAM's going to be out, I think they said four to six weeks, possibly. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of yeah. games. Look at They're that
0: mid January.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and no doubt that Pat Riley, um, got guys in the door, you know, as Gabe said, in terms of PJ Tucker and, and Kyle Lowry. Um, And he still got Butler there. But they were – Bam was a big part of that team. And I think that they were starting to somewhat funnel their offense through him and allow him to do more kind of like dribble handoffs with Duncan Robinson and different players, uh, maybe uh, Tyler Hero as well. So I'm looking for Miami to suffer more uh, in terms of those absences between those two players.
0: Yeah, definitely interesting. Be interested to see how it go. I think uh definitely the Bulls probably would have liked for that injury to happen a few days earlier, maybe <laughs> even, uh there on Saturday. But you know, you definitely wanna definitely definitely don't wanna see you know, on the real side a, a player of, of that that caliber be out for any uh extended time. He's he's really just a, a great player to watch though.
1: So. And it's
0: definitely sucks for the heat. Also, Kobe White,
1: Kobe Protocol as well. Thank you. I don't
0: don't know. I've been looking at the story all day. I don't know why I didn't mention that myself, but yeah, definitely. Kobe Kobe is on protocol as well. So that's affecting the Bulls. And he, you know, he's trying to get himself reestablished and everything. And, you know, that's, you know, I I wouldn't say that impact will probably equal what we're going to
1: see on LA or Miami, but definitely impactful for the Bulls. Yeah, for sure. Just, Man, it, it, it's almost starting to feel like uh, the White Sox, man, you know, where people were going down—not to the same extent because they're not having a, as many uh, injuries in terms of uh, you know what, what was affecting the White Sox, but just the absences and trying to reintegrate people into the lineup and still somehow managing to still stay afloat or better than afloat in the Eastern Conference. So I see a lot of similarities between those two teams. Yeah, and, and that, yeah, that AL is pretty tough
0: for the for the Sox, and this look. Looking the uh, you know, comparable for the Bulls in the, in the East. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get uh, our first guest in. though, man, I see his cameras moving quite a bit. I hope he's, he's good, but hey, <laughs> he got man. Tony That's Young of former I get in here, man. <laughs> well, I'm former.
2: You ready to pull up to the crib? So I'm gonna have some great conversation. I'm just not gonna be staring y'all in y'all face.
0: <laughs> I, I, I understand, man. You, you've been pretty busy, mm-hmm. and uh, you just coming off a game tonight, right?
2: Yeah, no, you know what? We um uh, we had practice. We played Monday night. Uh-huh. We played um Morgan Park for Monday night.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You, I think I'm, I'm I am I mix you up with our other. I checked with he, he got a game tonight, but um, uh, but thanks for coming on, though, man. You know, tell you know I, I, I try to give you more of a, a, a elaborate intro, but tony is definitely a uh a a basketball great i would say in a lot of ways a state champion at uh in in high school uh a a star at siu where me and drew uh connected with him as uh you know covering the uh, the saluki basketball program while we were down there and uh made it to sweet 16 with the with the, the Salukis down there, uh, a uh, six-man of the year in the, in the Missouri Valley Conference, and uh, has gone on to a distinguished coaching career now. Uh, presently the, the first African-American, first black coach of uh, Fenwick High School, and uh, there'll a prestigious program in, in Chicago area. And he will be on the sideline at the Chicago Elite Classic, which we will be getting, uh, getting to a little preview of that uh this this weekend uh tony man like i said great great to have you on and great to see you man it's been a minute
2: man i appreciate y'all having me on man you know i love talking bro so i'm all for sitting around sitting down and talking about (laughs) basketball talking about some sports it's right up my alley right here man it's been a dope situation too thus far being over here filming it's actually one of the first times i've actually talked to somebody i had a few people ask me man i've been so locked in my team so young this year i got four Sophomores and three freshmen at the varsity level, so the so the future is very bright, man. But like I said, this year we got to take our licks, though. They got to grow, they got to learn, they got to figure it out. Yeah, you you just got hired in May, right? <clears throat> yep, by um yeah, the end of May I got hired. I started officially the first week of June.
0: Yeah, and and like you said, a young team. You you have the team, you know that uh. Pred- you know, routinely produces D1 talent. Like, uh, for instance, Bryce Hopkins, just coming on in, at Kentucky. You know, I'm sure you would have liked to have had him for a year, but you know, he he goes out the door when you come in. And you know what you have, what you have in front of you is what you have in front of you. Like a younger team now, but uh, how how are you, you know, coming out of this game? You say you had a game with Morgan Park on Monday. You got this game on Friday now against. Oak Park River Forest, and you know, I've I've seen that game in person at the at the Elite Classic. It's it's a very energetic game. It's a rivalry game, and um, I, I saw a report, uh, actually, uh, the Oak Park River Forest coach quoted in the Sun Times as saying that, you know, they they have every intention of getting 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 back at Fenwick because you know you guys have had a, a dominant run in the in the uh, rivalry uh in recent years how how have you uh sort of approached that and being a, a first-year coach at fenwick
2: honestly that's my first time hearing that like it don't really bother me though i'm used to that you got to understand the situation that you step into when you step into a situation like fenwick nobody cares what kind of team you got they just know that they beat fenwick so they're not looking at it like all right cool i just beat up on a bunch of freshman sophomores. i just beat up on a bunch of dudes they never played varsity before they just glad that they beat fenwick so my biggest thing is always just have my kids prepared. The things that they bat on is not skill-wise. Like, we got some kids that will be very highly touted, very highly recruited. Some of the top stars in their classes as well. The only thing is they're young. So when you talk about the speed of the game, you talk about the physicality of the game, you talk about all those nuances of going from eighth grade. I don't even care if you played some type of AAU basketball, 14, 15 U, you step into a varsity atmosphere is completely different, especially in the Chicago Catholic League. And my schedule not soft at all. Like, I intentionally make sure that our schedule is soft. The biggest thing is to make sure that they're ready at the end of the year. Like, we can get our ass you know, our butt kicked as much as we want right now, <clears throat> to be honest with you. As long as they're prepared at the end of January come February, that's when it matters. So at this point, it's all practice, man. We just learning. The stuff that I'm teaching them, the things that I'm doing, they've never seen it before. The schemes, the way I want them to play, the the principles, the culture, they've never seen this stuff before. So it's going to be an adjustment period. But like I told my seniors, they got to learn quicker. They got to be leaders. My younger kids, they got a little bit of a ceiling, but the reality is they're going to be the leaders next year. I, I, I got one junior on my team, legit. I have four seniors, one junior, four sophomores, and three freshmen. So again, when I say the future is very bright, the future is very bright. One of my freshmen was a starting DN on the football team this year. The other freshman, probably top one two players in the state, DJ Porter. Um, I got another yeah, freshman I don't to really know nothing about, but we have a great core of kids right now.
0: Yeah, I was gonna mention that it's a, a, a pretty eventful week for Fenwick. Uh, you guys winning your first uh, state championship in football uh, this weekend, so uh, that that's definitely big. And uh, so you mentioned you have – how, yeah. how many kids in all do you have who are, who are going to be coming right over from the football?
2: Um, We got three football kids, three football kids. Okay. And that's big because two of those dudes are starters. So, you know, two of those dudes are going to be big pieces of the team. One's a senior, and like I said, the other one's a freshman. Um, One's a junior. He, he's going to play good minutes to help us out a lot. But like I said, that core, that group that we have right now, man, like, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see some of these kids, man. I watch these freshmen and sophomores play, and I'm just staring at them like, man, these boys can't even drive you. Like, <laughs> I had to ask that question. Like, these boys still 15, 14 years old. So it's cool to watch them because once they actually grow up and it starts to click for them and they start to get their grown man bodies or they, their teenage bodies, and they'll start to, to make a little bit more noise than what they are at the moment.
1: Yeah, you're talking about how young your team is, but you do have um, a group of three or four upperclassmen uh, as well. Have you had to lean yeah. on them a little bit in terms of um, kind of schooling the younger guys on your team? Oh, he frees up on us. Yeah, it
0: looks like he might have.
2: My bad. Nope. Hold on
1: okay
2: okay you hear me yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. Yeah,
2: my bad, brother no i said the thing is like it's new to all of them like i'm a brand new coach here so so the stuff that i'm teaching and the things that i'm doing none of them have seen it before so the things that i'm on my seniors about when i talk about being leaders is more so the culture piece of it like the seniors gotta buy into it right now like y'all seniors y'all trying to get to that next level y'all gotta buy into it right now they don't have a ceiling as much as the freshmen and the sophomores do so with them it's more so getting them to understand man like y'all been at the varsity level before you know what it takes y'all have had success y'all been in this league these other kids have never even had an opportunity to do it they you, so it's brand new to them so that's the thing that i'm on my seniors about like you guys have to actually set the tone every day you got to show them how hard they need to play you guys you. physically are bigger than some of these kids. I got two freshmen that are huge, but the rest of them, my seniors, are much bigger than them. So it's like, man, y'all really got to set the tone on these kids and get them to up to par as far as getting play, ready to play basketball. Like I said, it's not the skill stuff; it's not the the, the, the actual
1: understanding
2: because they all learning that at the same time. But the fact that they have the experience playing at this level—that's the biggest thing for them.
1: My gosh, I, I know you guys didn't come out the gate the way you want to dropped the game to Orr and another one to Morgan Park. But in terms of how they're responding to you so far and all the different things that you're trying to institute, how do you feel they're, they're doing in that regard?
2: No, I think they're doing great, to be honest with you. Like, even the two games that we lost, man, those were, those were teaching games. Like, the first game we played against Orr, we didn't have half my team. I had a few guys injured, and the football guys were still gone. And then the second game, the football guys just came back. So, like I said, these are all teaching games. Those are games that you get in there, you break down the film, and you figure out what we got to do next. So, I'm I'm more excited to see how they respond from this this week to the next game. You know what I'm saying? Last week they were much better in at uh, Morgan Park than they were against OR. So, I'm I'm definitely looking for them to be much better against OPRF than they were against Morgan Park. Like that's just my biggest thing. I got
1: you. I got you. Coach young, you,
2: talk about, you, you talk about, you know, Fenwick and being in the Catholic League blue. I'm very familiar with, you know, the Catholic League being the St. Rita alum. I know that's a very tough conference. You got a lot of, you know, heavy hitters coming at that conference. Um, And you also talk about, you know, how you have a team that's relatively young. And I heard you allude to a guy by the name of DJ Porter, who you say is highly touted. What which young guy outside of him has impressed you the most? You know whether it's an open runs or whether it's through the early part of the season or in practices that you you say to yourself really has a high skill and that no one really knows about yet, but you do. Um, it's a kid Nathaniel Marshall. Um, okay. that's my other freshman man. Nate came in and he's just a, a, a athlete. Nate got amazing pedigree. His grandfather played in the NBA. Mama's all time two thousand point scorer at DePaul University um mom played pro ball she was drafted in the WNBA and just decided she wanted to stop back step back from basketball but Nate's got amazing pedigree like i said as a freshman he was starting DN on the football team this year so i mean w- between those who Nate played his first game against Morgan Park um one practice in literally they played sunday saturday he practiced sunday played monday and had 9.6 rebounds you know what I'm saying? He's he's one of them kids that he's an energy guy. He's a kid that don't mind putting his body on the line, don't mind going out there fighting. Big kids, 6'5", big body at 14 years old. You know what I'm saying? So he's really a name that everybody's going to see sooner or later because he made a huge name for himself on the football field this year. So I'm excited to see him do the same thing basketball-wise.
0: Okay. Tony, I want, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about, you know, your path that you took to uh, get to Fenwick. Now, you know, uh, wh- what do you think? What is it about this job that you think is, is the right job for you right now? You you came out of a, you know, you you you've been a head coach a few a couple times already at in East St. Louis and with uh, uh, the uh, uh, I've got <laughs> to get the school. I was at school.
2: Marmion Marmion Academy. Marmion, yes.
0: My, thank you, thank you. But uh, you've been a head coach. You've been an assistant of some top flight coaches rick majeris you know uh you you work with some great coaches so you know what what do you think what is it about this job at this point where you think uh you know this is go this is the right spot for you
2: man i think after you have an opportunity to do so much man like i said i started coaching college ball so after being a college coach for 4 years i knew i wanted to coach high school i love college i love the game but i don't love the business that, mm. that makes sense so being at the grassroots level only makes sense for
0: me. was it important for you to get Hold on okay. make, make, sure make sure nobody behind you
2: no nah, yeah <laughs> no nah, i had to make sure y'all could see me man
0: yeah yeah <laughs> nah, nah, but, nah, but uh yeah what's, so, what's this oh, go ahead back. go ahead let but... me get
2: back to your answer Now, i think the biggest thing is at this point in time, my career is just an opportunity to actually show and prove. Like, I, I was yeah, at East St. Louis. And we had a great team down there. And then I had a misfortune whatever situation down there. So I ended up coming back home. And then when you bounce around, the blessing was that Marmion gave me the opportunity to go in there and coach. So when I got to Marmion, it's, it's a private school. And it's in a great conference. But it's hard to recruit. It's hard to get kids that want to come there. I did a good job of getting kids that want to come there. I think that's how I end up catching the attention of Fenwick because now all of a sudden I'm at Fenwick High School and they're saying the same thing. But like I said, moving forward, with this eighth grade class we got coming in. The freshmen that are there now, like I was able to actually pull some kids in. I'm in a situation now that we can actually go win. Like Fenwick is a basketball school and yeah. it's amazing that they just won a state championship in football because that only helps the whole school, it helps the community. So uh, basketball has always kind of been the name the main sake when you talk about Fenwick high school so to be able to be at a school where kids want to be there like it's different going out and talking to families and talking to people The school is amazing the community is amazing basketball has a great history but now we get a chance to kind of take that to the next level i think with everything that i do outside of basketball the AAU circuit, the camps, the clinics, just the network and being involved in that grassroots level or that grassroots world is going to help me with what I'm trying to do over here at the school. It'll help me get the kids I want to get. It'll help us build the type of program that'll sustain for a long time. Like, I'm not over here just to win a couple games, I'm not over here for a year or so. I mean, I'm trying to put something together that's going to that's gonna roll and people are going to start to see it. And being at Fenwick, it's a great location, man. Like, it's unfortunate what happened to some of the schools in the area, but I mean, that only gives us more opportunity at this point. Hmm.
0: Definitely, definitely, I know uh, you're focused on your game for Friday. It's, it's pretty early in the in the weekend's event uh, with the with the Elite Classic. But I I was wondering if you have you given any thought to uh, other teams that may be there or, or any uh, individuals who you may want to check out or anything because uh, you know, like I say the as an event, it brings a lot of uh, great talent from across the country. Definitely.
2: The game right after us, the Whitney Mm -hmm. Young and um, Homewood-Flossmore female game, the girls' basketball, that's going to be a good game. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. The next day you got um, Chaminade and St. Ignatius plays. We play Chaminade this year, so we actually go down to St. Louis and play Chaminade. Then Vashon play right after them. Vashon, I'm looking forward to watching Vashon compete. Um, Rita said, I want to go see Big JB and watch some of them boys play, man. The the good thing is that, like I said, I'm a part of the grassroots world, so Regardless what school I'm in, I, I deal with these kids. I know these kids. I know these coaches. I'm not that coach that doesn't talk to people. I'm not the coach that don't want to go out and, and and I'm not very territorial in that note. You know what I'm saying? Like As long as it's not personal with us, basketball is about these kids. So I'm always going to be there to support them, whether you at Fenwick, whether you're with the Wolves, whether you with – Mac Irving, Mean Streets, whatever your situation is. If you are a good kid, you got a good family. If I can help you, I'm always gonna be there to be to support and help as much as I can. So that's kind of how I've been able to make my name, man. Because genuinely, I'm just out here to work with these kids, man. I love what I do, so it, it, it's blessed me thus far.
0: That's that's great to hear, man. Definitely. I, and with with that, that that said, I want to get your opinion on. This is a, actually something that we would. We've talked about it on our show uh, in, in recent weeks. Uh, you know, you got a lot of kids who are going out to these basketball academies, as it were, or, you know, these sort of specialized schools. And, you know, that's something that's been happening in, in, on, this, on this level for a while. For a while but it seems to be uh, really pronounced at this point. And, and one thing that uh, has been reported on has been the sort of uh, influx or outflux of kids from Chicago going to other schools in like places like Southern California and, and, and <laughs> stuff like that, you know, I was I wanting to get your opinion on that sort of deal. Do you think that's a healthy thing that's being involved with, with prep basketball right now? or is, um, it, or is it problematic?
2: Bro, I think it, I think it's going to be a little bit of both if you know how to leverage it the right way, to be honest with you. Like when it's all said and done, don't nobody want to see their kids leave, but the kids that have left, their families have been put in better situations. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sucks mm-hmm. to be like, that. he had to leave his high school. But if you get a chance to go somewhere and somebody, especially with the NILI, with the new movement right now, I can get paid. I can get paid for what I do. You're not just going to throw me on your flyer no more. Like You're not just going to take the donor booster money. Like, you could pay me for my name now. So if you're an Amari Bailey, if you're a J.J. Taylor, you you damn right, you got to go. Because guess what's going to happen? Somebody giving your mama a check. Somebody making sure your future is okay. The stuff that you would have gotten here when you were struggling or going through whatever you was going through, ain't nobody breathing down your neck telling you you're wrong for taking it now. We can get you to a camp and pay you this money. We can get you and do this. Now, I think that's the good part because you have kids that are of that caliber. Now, the other part is when you get the snakes that are involved. Now you get these guys that think that all of a sudden, oh, well, you know what? We got this kid. Let's bring him in here. Dude that, happened, dude that had the house out there with the football team. You know what I'm saying? Like grimy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like now all of a sudden you got a kid coming to live in a, in a, in a three bedroom condo. with a whole team. And you just want to try and coach them. Like that's the part when I say parents have to be selective on what they allow them kids to be involved in. But as a business decision, if it's a better situation for your family, personally, man, I'm not against it because what's going to happen is they're going to make money off you anyways. It's not stopping you from going to college no more. You know what I'm saying? Like you can actually still get into school, even yeah. being in college, you can sign with an agent and do all types of things right now, and still not not mess with your eligibility. So, if someone gives you an opportunity to better your life at 15, why do you gotta wait till you 19 to do it? Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing. But also, it's the, it's the it's the goofball stuff. You gotta make sure that ain't nobody just duping, because people will tell you anything, and if you believe it and buy into it, you can end up in a bad situation. So, I really think it's about the up and up. You got the right people around you. You got your right circle. And it's the right decision for that kid and that family. I think every situation is, is just that, it's situational. You can't put one big umbrella of everything. Um, I think, it's. I think like I said, I think it goes, it could be either or. It could be good and bad. It could be good and bad. I'm for it for the kids that actually can take advantage of it. I'm not for it for the kids that got a hoop dream and somebody trying to take advantage of them.
0: definitely, definitely, definitely want to guard against exploitation agree and, and chicago
2: is what it is too man kids is looking for a way out like if somebody come to kid and be like man hey i get you i can get you a scholarship if you come here and play with me and all you got to do is like kids are looking for a way out they're looking for an opportunity they're looking for a reason to leave right now and as sad as that is it's the truth though you know what i'm saying so if a family offers you to come do over somebody offers your family to go somewhere i mean here if i live anywhere unsafe anywhere where shooting was at the other day and this talent is gonna get me out of this neighborhood, then I'm gone. And sometimes you just gotta understand and respect that. That's
1: good.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Drew, yeah. Drew, what's your what's your you, you got any Tony Young moments that
1: stick out to you for back in the day? Uh not any one in particular, just dude, you you were like you, you Tony was a, a fierce competitor, man. Like he, he had this look on his face that like, I think he had to scare any ball handler, bro. Like that's not what I remember more than anything. And, I, and that, that team or the teams that you were a part of just fit together so well. And, you know, I was from, I was at SIU from 2001 to 2005. So y'all became like the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? Not that's that you guys, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you guys were, you guys were that. Cause the Bulls obviously fell off a cliff after Jordan retired and they, they broke that team up. So when I was down there at Carbondale, it was amazing just to see the, the, the run that you guys went on from um, um, uh, from Bruce Weber to Matt Painter to Chris Lowry. Like, it just passed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, it didn't stop. Like, it just kept going. I just was very fond of the memories that I have of the teams that you were a part of, the runs you guys made, um, the family that you guys were and that you um, exhibited out to the world. Like, that was, that was awesome, man. Uh, th- those are times I'll never forget.
2: Man, I appreciate that. And that you know what's crazy? Them times I'll never forget. Those are the things that I'm trying to get my boys to understand, too, that it's that culture piece. It's what you believe in and what you buy into. And I told my boys that today is crazy because we was going through some defensive drills, and I stopped the whole practice. I'm like, maybe I'm crazy because I want y'all to defend like I defend. I want y'all to play as hard as I play. (laughs) They got the looking at me. I said, let me show you what I mean.
1: Yep.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I see you. I see you you with the Fibber
0: jacket. I <laughs> see you yeah, with the yeah. with jacket on Facebook. You look like you a player now. Man, I still yeah, need to
2: I love hooping, bro. Like that's, that's, I can't run on the treadmill, but I can run up and down the court for hours, man. We I run open gyms at the school. I'm at open gyms, little private open gyms all the time, man. I love hooping, bro. I can't stop. Like, until my body tells me to cut it out, I'm going to play as long as I can. And I think and that's is, that's that's the strength too. That keeps that passion in you, man. Like it keeps mm-hmm. you there. and that and that's the fun part for me to be able, like I said, to rip my shirt off and be like, man, let's go, man. Let me show you what I'm talking about.
1: Yes, Get around <laughs> me like that. <laughs> I love it. And and just to this day, like I got a lot of friends that are um a lot fans. Like I tell them, like, y'all ain't want to see Southern Illinois back. I think it was the year they lost, they ended up losing to um they lost to Virginia Tech. Yep. Man, they did not. They didn't want to see y'all, man. I, be want to hear I, it be, though. I
2: still be hooping with Michi, Dimitri McAmy. I told him that too. Mm-hmm. I said, Bro, I remember how mad that <laughs> was. I say, but you, I wasn't finna beat us that year, bro. <laughs> said, y'all wasn't gonna beat us that year, big dog. And man, yes, he, hey, we laugh about that all the time. Man, but they, I know they was pissed after that, though. I remember that. We was excited. Like mm-hmm. that, that got us hyped for the game. We we played Holy Cross. They had us excited.
0: Real. Real. Real, yeah, yeah, yeah you it was it was that was a moment, man. I, I wish we could get back to that sometime soon in, in Carbondale, but but y'all definitely made a lot of moments that uh we all remember as alumni and stuff. So we definitely appreciate you for that, Tony man. And uh th- th- appreciate you coming on the show, bro. Uh I wish you all the greatest of luck. Uh I'm I, I'm gonna try to try to see if I can come down. I'm be coming right out of work Friday, but I definitely gonna uh, try to see if I could come down and make it on Saturday, uh, on Friday for y'all, gang.
2: Man, we got Ignatius. Now, if you can't get there Friday, we got Ignatius next week. I'm going to shoot all y'all's schedules, man, man. Come check us out. Yeah. Like I said, it'll be fun to watch us because you're going to see us grow. It, I'm more excited to see the growth. I want to see the growth in my seniors. I'm excited to see how those dudes develop from last year to this year. I'm excited to see my freshmen from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, to the spring. Like It's just different, man, because we got some real talented kids, but they're just that. They're kids right now. That I man. keep telling people that I'll be like, my babies. They be like, your babies. Like, bro, look, man, these boys are 14 years old, man. Same age as they, they babies, man.
1: But like, you know what I'm saying? And when you think about that, it's like,
2: man, it's, they DJ got a scholarship offer already from um George Mason. Then Nathaniel just he, – he's got college coaches coming in and out for football right now. They ain't even seen him play basketball yet. So that's why I just said it's fun and it's exciting to see where these kids are right now. My freshman – I got a kid named Ty. Mark Carolla, I can't even pronounce Tyler's last name, man, but at the end of the day, his first game <laughs> in as a freshman, he scored 19 points. Wow! Man, he come in mm. shooting the ball, play hard. So these young guys understand, but again, they don't know what they don't know. So you got to be patient
1: with
0: them. Yeah. That's why it's good that brothers like you are there to protect them.
1: Yeah, uh, need them so yeah, basketball needs you. I'm glad you back in Chicago. I appreciate a, it, man. I'm gonna root for you 100%. Until, you know, unless y'all playing dealer sound, my alma mater, then I gotta, you know, <laughs> we, got that, we
2: got them too. To I the know, head. yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down, about to get out where y'all play Rita, man. Because, like you said, <laughs> JB, James Brown, Morris Johnson Jr., they got a talented sophomore class over there. And I know what you have a lot to of people looking at Rita. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting game yeah. yeah you ain't telling nobody boy them boys is tough over there man they're young they confident and that's the that's the biggest thing but i mean they six eight and six too so that helps <laughs> yeah. but, but tony
0: man we uh I'm, I'm gonna let you go man we got a, a, another guest on man yes, sir. so uh like i said enjoy the rest of your evening uh like i said good luck this friday and good luck for the rest of the this- uh, your inaugural season running, with Hey,
2: fellas, it's been my pleasure, man. Appreciate y'all, man. It's a dope podcast stream, y'all got, man. Anytime y'all want me, anytime y'all want to talk, I'm all for it.
0: Appreciate, it. definitely appreciate that. We will definitely have you back on.
2: All right, man. Y'all take care.
0: You right, too. Tony, Tony Young, <laughs> the one thing man. They, this like I say, the brother. He knows how to talk.
2: <laughs>
0: we got Steve Farham.
1: He was in the jail he, He's doing that yeah. serious. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you
0: guys ready? What's up, yeah, man? We, we got you. We got y'all. I'm sorry, man.
3: Fine, we man. You my my J. Week team is here playing, so I'm going <laughs> to around. with just finished another game. So, like, crazy. It's crazy. And, and I you
1: know
3: what? I'm, I'm I'm using a CPS uh Wi-Fi, so if I start getting choppy or something, let me
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. Well, well coach, Coach man, thanks for coming on, man. We you know appreciate you and uh appreciate your support of the show, man. You've been uh you know uh, following us and everything for a minute and uh you know definitely definitely glad to have you on to talk about your program and uh you know the rest
3: of the high school scene right now. Okay, no, definitely. So I'm here. See my guy Drew here. Yes, sir. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Hey,
0: don't miss welcome. Yeah, what's what's up, that Drew? Yeah, Drew said y'all go back a little bit.
1: What's, what's what's y'all relationship about? You go ahead, Drew. <laughs> man, just uh, playground battles, man. Neighborhood court uh, over there on per, uh, Pershing, off Lakeshore Drive, man. Just Come oh, okay. man. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of tall guys, and me and Steve kind of stuck out among the crowd in in that regard. I think our games kind of mirrored each other a little bit. Uh, yeah. Post players that could dribble, but could also shoot and face up on you. Um, Steve, obviously, much better. Went on and had a great career as a player, and is now doing big things as a coach, man. So I'm proud of proud of this dude here, man. He's got another one of my. Um, childhood friends on his staff as well, uh, Mark Manning, so it's just, you know, seeing seeing those guys do what they're doing, man, Tony Young know, too, it's just, and the things that Tony was saying, man, it just it it, it really hits home, man, it feels good. Yeah, no, I've, I've been following Tony, man, you
3: know, for a while, you know, don't know him really personally, but been following for a while, man, uh, has, has definitely led a, a good career up until now, and Doing I would go watch uh Fenwick play against Or. Fenwick was in that game up until about that third quarter. Honestly, with those guys that he had. And I was and I, I left maybe five minutes into the third quarter. Can you hear me? Oh. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a little bit in and out, but yeah, yeah, keep going.
3: Yeah. Kieras? I'm sorry, yeah. I, I I left five minutes into that game and I probably should have stayed for the whole game because we played or that Sunday and yeah, whoops. <laughs> we got destroyed. So yeah, I, I don't know what I was doing. We <laughs> Yeah, we, we played or and lost. Yeah, don't don't laugh. We lost seventy one to eighteen. So I don't know what I thought but I was doing leaving oh, wow. that game uh, so soon. That was to that was
1: tonight's game. Oh, wow. No, that that was a no, no, no. That was Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. okay, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at some of your results, man. I I
3: saw that come up. i was like, good programs, good programs, a lot of good. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, and I, I, I I can definitely say, I can say one thing. One thing happened. We had practice on, we had practice Saturday, and nobody showed up. Oh, I guess, guys can just so I don't know. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, we had practice on Saturday. Yeah, we had practice Saturday. I had three guys show up, and we played Sunday. Wow. So it's, it's, it's a process over here uh, trying to teach these kids how to get back to what Julian used to be because they have no clue. They don't have any ounce of memory of when Julian was the one of the mecca of the city of Chicago. It really was.
1: Yeah, man.
3: How long you been at you? I'm glad you that up too. Yeah, it's my third year. It's my third year here. But, like, sort of, I, I really say second because that COVID year last year kind of really didn't count. We just yeah. had a 10 straight games, so you don't really get a real good feel. Uh, my first year was, you know, was sort of the learn, learning the, the, the school and understanding the kids realizing I didn't have talent, uh, and then after that year, like I said, last year was sort of a, 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 a throwaway year, but this year, uh, just trying to develop the kids and being around them all day now, I suppose to just showing up for practice and then going home right after practice. Then we didn't really develop a, a, a relationship with those kids last year because it was just so quick. It was like, come in, games, get home. That's all we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um but to go back to what I was saying, just trying to teach the, new, the the tradition of Julian, man, you know I I told these guys go home and watch preps. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. Go watch it. We have to try to embody some of the some of of the character that that team had. We don't. We might not have the type of skill set those guys did, but let's embody how they played together. They played for one another, and that's just part of my process here is Just trying to change the narrative of what we think basketball
1: is, you know, go ahead. Now I was going to say, yeah, Tony, Tony Young talked to us about how, you know, he's, he's having to rely on a lot of underclassmen and how this year is almost like, um, you know, I I think he phrased it as he's willing to get his butt kicked early for the lessons that is going to help him and his team learn for down the road. But it seems like your challenge, you got even harder uphill battle just to get your kids to buy in. And, and i know you said you know talking to him about watching preps on youtube but how do you go about doing that because it that that seems so so much harder to do man it it really is um i don't know if you
3: saw our tweet yesterday about just it's, it's 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 cool to win but it's it's, it's more about saving lives mm. um i want to say two weeks ago one of my players from my jv team was shot leaving at the house mm. uh and, and it, i felt sort mm. of a part, a reason. What's up? I'm oh, sorry. I need the key.
1: Okay. Not, okay. he he's off the thing. He fucking left oh. and took his stuff off and Okay. Yeah, we, we that's fine. All
3: right. That was the, Co- Coach Manning. Uh, oh yeah, I hear him. Five, oh, yeah. I'm a slave. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, so what it was, one of the kids was was supposed. We, one of my kids in our program called COVID. Me trying to be the responsible coach. I canceled practice that day. The kid went home, one of the kids went home. Instead of going home and staying in the house, he decided to go out to he decided to go out to the corner store. And yeah, he got shot. Uh, him and one of his buddies. So like I said, I felt responsible for walking uh, if I had practice. But it's like I'm trying to play both ends of it. like if I have practice and, and the kid spreads COVID now. We don't play any games, and everybody's sick. And, and you yeah. know, it's my mind, you know. So uh, I had to really stop beating myself up about that personally. But then, um, yeah, I, my mindset is like, yeah, I have to teach these kids about basketball first, but also make it life goals out of it. Hey, how how what, how can I show you guys or uh, what we doing can help you in life? And um, that's basically what it's been. Um, it's an uphill battle because some of these kids are stuck in their ways because of the environment, but I am getting through to most of the kids. I can never say most kids are, are buying in now. They're seeing that well, I would never tell them wrong, and I always love them and want them to do what's, what's best for them. Uh, and, and, and I'm on their side.
0: Yeah. We definitely, man, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, being in those type of situations like, you know, where you have to – you know, give so much of yourself and, you know, hope, you know, sort of hope against hope in some ways that that these kids will, you know, uh, respond to what you offer them because it's not, you know, like you say, it's not a given and the stakes can be so high with some with with the majority of them, you know, and, and then you add on stuff like, you know, COVID and all this stuff. It just, you know, makes for so many, uh, you know, uh, different variables that, you know, I, I say I don't envy you, man. But uh, yeah. you, but I know you you you've been doing this you you've been you know coaching for a while so it's you know uh, uh, like we said with Tony it seems like you're the type of guy who these kids really need man so we definitely uh you know w- hope for the best for you and and what you're doing as a pro you know building a program and and building a community of, of basketball that that can uh you know hopefully be a respite for these kids. Hmm.
3: Yeah, we, like I said, it's, 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 it's fun. It's i i anytime I coach is fun, you know, I, I coach, I, I've been blessed to coach at Kenwood, a really good school at the time. And I coach at lab school, mm-hmm. two schools who don't need much. None of those kids need much of anything. So mm-hmm. to kind of be out of my element and, and, and really be able to come to a situation like this as my first time as a head coach is uh if one is is a complete one hundred and eighty, but it, I felt it was needed for me uh, to kind of get back down to to ground, back to 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 the surface of this basketball stuff, and now I'm teaching again. I'm not just getting talent. No, I actually have to come back in the gym and teach these kids skill development, uh, understanding uh, position sets. Uh, man, I can tell you this now. Showing these kids the three man weed for the first time when they never did it. <laughs> I was like, this is a this is a staple in basketball, but I took it for granted because I have always had guys who played basketball. So now coming to a situation where kids are like, wait, what is this? Oh, I'm supposed to go behind them? Yes, yes. Sir. But now <laughs> I had to slow down myself because I've always been like, boom, let's move on to the next. No, no, no. This year, step yeah. one. And all we doing for that whole day is step one. Can't we can't really go to the next part until we lock in that first thing. So that's just where I'm at right now with my with, with, with my team. Uh, it, it's been it's been a fun journey with these guys because they actually are trying to trying to get it. They're trying to buy in and and, and trying to just get them to like each other. Now that's the next part. They buying in to me now. we're just trying to get them to like each other.
0: That that can be tough too. When you dealing with the high school kids because <laughs> you never know how, what can set them off yeah. Among, yeah. amongst each other and, you know, inside and outside the locker room. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I, I, you know you're know, also a writer. I'm glad you told me yes. that. So I look, uh, I, I've i seen, I've looked up some of your stuff online and, uh, you know, you, you see like you, you do quite a bit of getting around and looking at, you know, kids, you know, work out and in different events and stuff and, uh, you know, part of this you know part of this uh show that we're doing we're previewing the uh the elite classic this weekend as okay. well as just sort of giving an overall look at at the chicago area uh, you know for this for this coming winter and everything and uh you know if you just want to talk about you know what what does being a writer and being you know sort of out there. Uh, looking at ki- looking at kids at different programs, looking at different schools and stuff. What do you what do you think that does for you as a coach? And um, you know what, what what are some of the things you've been noticing about the the, the local scene right well, now? I kind of got...
3: okay. Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, got yeah. most of the question.
0: I got most of the question. Oh uh, well. well make, what what yeah what what does being a writer do for you as a coach and you know how do you how do you uh, accommodate both of those things? Well, one
3: thing it stresses me out because my wife hates basketball now. <laughs> <laughs> my wife hates basketball. She won't come to any games. So as you're doing basketball, are you coaching? Or are you writing? I'm I'm it's doing both basketball. all the time.
1: <laughs>
3: I'm doing both all the time. But no, you know what? I, I I did the AAU thing for a while and coach, but then I really like the, the writing aspect of it because I get to see everybody. I get to see different styles of play. I get to see different kids, suburban kids, city kids. I get to see mm-hmm. kids from, like you said, from from Central Illinois, from from all over, and uh, it's fun for me because it let it gives me um, it gives me an outside the body feeling, and uh, and what I mean by that. I don't always – I'm not always in coaches mode. I can go to get and just kind of look at players and, and just evaluate them as far as what their potential can be and and what and, – and, and where their ceiling ceiling or floor could be as basketball players. That actually helps me with coaching because now, like I said, now we're dealing with new kids where I have to teach them develop, development-wise, uh, especially with skill sets. It, when I see other kids and where they are, I can sort of put my guys now and say, okay, you sort of fit this kid when he was around this stage, and I remember when he could do certain things, and now I'm gonna help you work on these certain things to kind of get similar to this kid. So that's where it helps me at on, on, on that aspect of culture, but no it's it's really fun uh working with prep hoops man because during the summer we just go out to you know any most of our events with other events, just watch games and we get to look at the top talent in the state man and, and that's always fun that's and and yeah
0: prephoops.com is is that's the website you primarily contribute for yes
3: that's prephoops.com, prep hoops illinois uh yeah. My they got a pretty uh, good
0: uh pretty good preview. Is, uh, yeah. I would say, yeah, they, they've got a pretty good preview of the Elite Classic on there. They uh got the whole schedule mapped out and everything. And i it, it mentions that they're gonna be uh over 50 ranked prospects uh over the uh the next three classes going mm-hmm. to 2024, uh you know, uh at the event and, and 14 prospects who are uh ranked currently ranked in the top 10 of their respective classes in uh 22 23 and 24. have, have you have you I, I know Kenwood's gonna be there and, and you know like I said that's a school you came from and they got a you know quite a, they're getting quite a bit of attention coming into this season uh have you been keeping up with them and and, and uh what other schools uh, do you think uh, should be uh people should be really looking at I would
3: them? I would um hold on. Let me try to get to a better signal area of the school. Cause it's sort of choppy, but I, I heard the question. Um as far as the event, a, 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 team, a team I would look out for is Simeon. Simeon looked really good. Their first game out. They went out of they went out of town and played in Memphis and kind of letting people know that we're not gone. They're not gone anywhere. So I would definitely look for Simeon this year. Uh I, I like what Kingwood has. Kenwood has a, a a really good strong backcourt that that will be really familiar with. Good job, Clay. Sorry about that. Uh, Kenwood has a really good strong strong backcourt man that can put up numbers in a heartbeat. Like you, I think they played tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if they scored close to 80s and 90s. Uh, when when Mike Irvin said they're gonna put on shows, they're gonna put on a lot of shows this 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 year because they get they they play fast. It's, Play similar to how the AU program is. They play fast and they play, and they play strong, strong basketball. The ball gets I mean, everybody's gonna touch it, but one or two guys might end up with a 30 40 at the end of the day. So that that's they're definitely a fun team to watch. Um I'm really surprised what I and I would I would definitely say watch for Thornton. They just got uh, they a transfer from out of state, uh Ty Rogers. Really good, really good player who's man, when I saw him with Main Street. Man, it, with Illinois. Yep, he's going to Illinois. Yeah. He's um Ty Rogers is is I'm trying to think of somebody who I could compare him to from the state that we probably had. He's sort of like a mix of Andre Igadala and um You know what? Let me change that. What's my man that played for Charlotte Hornets? Miles.
0: Miles Bridges.
3: Miles Bridges. Bridges. Mm-hmm. Strong, athletic, wing. That's, that's, who Ty, that's who Ty Rogers sort of remind me of. I, not with the shot all the way, but physical, can go out a lane and go put it on two or three guys, can guard multiple positions. That's Man, that's who Ty Rogers is. So I, I look for Thornton to be really good. And they actually have a good matchup at the uh, at the League Classic playing against St. Rita. With Morez Johnson and uh, James Brown.
0: Yeah, how, how good do you think the Saint is going to be? Because I've I've read a little bit about them. Seems like they got some good expectations coming to the
3: year. Um, I like Saint Rita. I think I think they're they're a few games few games away from being a state title contender. Um, they have they have everything. I'm going to start calling them the Twin Towers because that's who they are. Two, six, eight sophomores. gonna that's going to probably be six, nine, six, ten by the end of the day. Right, um, that's scary. Like guard. Six, eight, it's sophomore, right? <laughs> they got two more years. Bro,
0: and realistically,
3: bro, it's and they're legit, though. It's not like they're trying to, like, let's figure it out. No, these are legit. Division One high major, both players can go get, get it whenever you they want to type guys. Like if I take one of them. If I take one of them, I'm automatically a <laughs> title contender. I'm sorry. I just take one. But yeah, like those that's that's what San Rita has. And the guard play, Jade is a great guard um who can do a little stuff with the basketball. Um, and um ah my man, my mind is going crazy. I can't <laughs> think of the other guard who's a junior, but he's really good as well. So like they have the pieces. I think more just about them still learning to play together. And like I said, I think the more and more they keep developing uh, 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 a rapport with each other, they, they are a definite title contender. Hmm.
0: If Drew gave you, I want to jump in on anything before well, I can keep
1: going. Uh, how do things go tonight, Coach? I know you guys had Urban well, Prep Steve, today.
0: I have
2: a lot of
1: Go ahead.
0: You got it, Gabe. I, I, I let, let, let them answer Drew yeah, first.
1: Oh no, I was just uh just asking you um how the things go tonight. I know you guys had Urban Prep.
3: Uh yeah, we had
1: Urban Prep. Played uh, Luke Rogers,
3: uh, a former uh Illinois basketball great. Uh sort of Tim Dayton when you got Luke Rogers, DeAndre, uh, big big Dre from uh West House sitting behind the bench and um Amari Soy all on Urban Prep uh side rooting mm-hmm. against me. <laughs> but we pulled out the win. Okay. <laughs> I thought a lane said yeah, yeah, they they, they weren't playing on the court. So if it was on the court, I would have been nervous, but no, they <laughs> weren't on the court, so we was fine. So we ended up putting out we, we got down. We actually we, we jumped out early on the guys, jumped out to the three, but then our normal everybody wants to be superman mentality came back and then they they actually came back and took the lead in the third quarter, but by the fourth quarter. We trust the lead and we ended up finishing winning the game by eight. Okay. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a much needed win. We lost to CVS last night in the same situation. Uh, guys took the lead. Was down by halftime. Took the lead, but by, by took the lead going into the fourth quarter, and then we just lost our minds and we lost that game. But today was a good, a good bounce back game. Mm-hmm. Right, go ahead, Gabe. You got. You had some.
2: Yeah, Steve, I'm I'm real familiar with you up at Kenwood because I used to cover it, it being y'all practices, man, with DePaul in my yep. grass class yeah, yep.
1: with Jamal yep, and then yep.
2: with Stewart, Finner,
1: mm-hmm.
2: my cousin Miles Curry. I, I yep, see yep, you with yep, Juliet. Yeah. You know what? What's your goal for? Everyone? We talked about you know they for years back when I was a little kid. I remember Sean Dockery's probably like the first high school hoops I ever seen, and you know, he had mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Are those teams coming through there in the public? What's your goals, you know, in regards to trying to bring that program back to, you know, relevant stature where they're a player in the public league again?
3: Well, for me, mainly it's to just do it the traditional way. I want to get the guys in the house first. I wanna get the guys before I start. You know, the, the whole high school game has changed where everybody's just going out to get transfers. And in my and my mindset is if I have players here, I gotta develop them. If I could do well with developing my skill here, I don't need to go out and get four, or five guys each year. So that's the main thing. First, was the culture, changing the culture, uh, and, and letting everybody know that yeah, we can't. I can't just play you because you show up to school. You actually got, got to get grades. So I got that part done. Now it's just about developing talent. Put the, hold on, hold on put the put the uh, jerseys in the, in, the, uh, in my office. Yeah. So we're just developing talent and just. My my younger group, my sophomores, they want to get They are really awesome, man. And I struggle not pulling them up and making them play varsity because I want them to keep their camaraderie. Um, so it's like, oh man, you just had thirty for JV. I need you right now, but I can't do that. I can't do that to my coach, man. I I'm I I didn't want that done to me when I was a JV coach, so I I try not to do that to him. So uh, yeah, you know. I, I think my process is once we start getting it rolling. I think we have a, a team that can win this conference. We're in the lowest conference right now, at CPS, the Blue Division. We can win this conference out outright, and then we can start building with being able to go get players from from schools and say, "Hey, we win a program again." This, uh, you know, talk about the the talk about what Julian used to be and how we're trying to get back to to that next level.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Success can breed success, definitely. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah that's, yeah, that's definitely key. But uh,
1: you
0: know, I, I, want, to, I want to, uh, you know, we've we mentioned, of course, Sean Dockery a couple of times, you know, uh, talking about the past of Julian, the great past and everything. And like I say, uh, uh, for anyone who remembers that time, so much celebrity came about his way simply because he was recruited by Duke. And, you know, definitely 20 years ago, that meant something, you know, uh, that meant everything. Uh, in, in college level, it still is meaningful, and I and I, and I say that because I want to bring up a kid uh, who actually uh, in this area who just got uh, committed to do, and is actually like a, a, a like on one of the lowest levels, uh, like a one a kid actually named Jaden Shut, and uh, I, I read a little bit about him. It's, it's, it's very interesting. He's the first recruit actually for. Um, for uh Yorkville your real Christian. Hmm. Yeah, for York, York Christian. But I'll say he's the first recruit after uh Coach K for uh, yep. John for, uh yeah, John for John Shire for John Shire, thank you. Uh for John Shire, who's taking over the program. And John Shire, of course, was a, a, again a kid who got a lot of celebrity as a as a preps, as a prep star because he was yep. recruited by Duke. So i just I want to get your opinion on on this kid. Have you seen him at all? And and you know, uh do you you know what do you think about being in that situ that sort of a situation where you know you you become like a star overnight because of the schools that uh you know get inter- interested in you and being connected to a school like Duke?
3: Well, for one, like Drew knows, I'm a number one Duke. Supporter, <laughs> I'm Duke till I die. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You were you were tweeting during the Duke, uh, Gonzaga <laughs> game
3: the other day. Two years. Yeah, I'm a huge Duke guy. So even even think about last night, coming home after I lost and then coming home oh, to yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, it just messed up my whole day. But no, Jaden Street, man. Let me tell you, ultimate supreme score. He reminds me of Tom Shire Can can if you leave him open, it's a wrap. You might as well call it. He he gives you that giant sire toughness, but super athletic. Like we we'll, again we'll go dunk on you, uh type of field. And then he has that JJ Reddick catch and shoot. Where as soon as you come past half court, you gotta guard him type type of uh player. Um yeah. the thing that I love for Duke is that we, we need to kill that. And I'm saying we as Duke. Uh because <laughs> You'd cry like, for it. Yeah. <laughs> Guys like Joey Baker, who was supposed to do things like that, has not lived up to the to, to, to the name. So a kid like who has that that arrogance, that moxie, that we know by his fourth year, they're gonna feel like uh Allen uh when he was at Duke. So, you know, I, I like James. Well, I
1: guess the, I'm Let guessing me, you
0: foresee that Duke is gonna, you know, with with John taking over. You, uh, that you foresee them maintaining and, and maybe even building back the connection that they that they once had in the Chicago area.
3: Yeah, I, I, I really do. Uh, John Sire's coach uh, right now, his, mind is, his name is Casey. Is really still connected in the on the on the, high, on the high school scene out here, and I know I'm I'm certain he's the one who's who pushed Jaden Shoot's name to John Sire because Shoot was he was he was a top 150 guy. But I don't think Duke was even on his radar until maybe this summer playing with the Illinois Wolves. When the Illinois Wolves won the whole um Under Armour event, I'm pretty sure that was sort of what kind of caught the caught the attention of the Duke staff. Hmm. Uh, because that kid is like, again, he's one of those hard nosed kids that just, just he's gonna go he's gonna go after it no matter what. He's gonna run through a wall um for you. He's gonna play both ends of the court. He still, you know pick up a little more defensive habits, but uh, man, it's an awesome score.
1: Awesome score and it's athletic athletic to go with it. Yes, Andrew? No, no, I'm sorry. It's all right. right. It was a a little Duke real, but it's all right. right. (laughs) Go ahead and give it to him. (laughs) I can't take it.
0: (laughs) What what, did you you think about yesterday? Because Ohio State, I've, I've seen them a couple times. Uh, too and and they had you know they they had a little bit of a of a, a, a shaky start to this year. It seemed like that's a big win, definitely a big win for them. But for Duke, you know, you you get back to number one. Like like this is very much a season where they're trying to reestablish themselves and of course, you know, go out go out doing it big for Coach K. You know, what what do you think about taking a L like
3: that when you finally get back to number one? I'm fine with that, actually. I don't think – this this team is still young. They don't need to win every game. They have mm. to experience losses because we've seen in the past teams who go undefeated when they go to the tournament. it don't go well. It don't go well. I mean, the Kentucky team, everybody thought they was going to light the world up and then they, they lose in the Final Four to Wisconsin. Um, yeah. This team sort of needs it because they – I think a lot of it rides on Paulo. Ventura, I think a lot of what they do relies on him, and it's going to be days when he just can't get going and somebody else has to step up. So I think Duke has to figure out who's going to be that other guy. Wendell, uh, well, I almost said Wendell Carter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Wendell Moore? Yeah, Wendell Moore. <laughs> Wendell Moore has, has yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, made uh, a, a huge improvement from his freshman to sophomore year because he was awful last year. He was awful, and you can you see it. But he made huge strides, and, and, and having Jeremy Roach being more of a point guard leader for Duke is going to be uh, a huge, a huge thing for them down 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 the road. I think they are just going to have to probably shorten up their bench a little bit because they're trying to play everybody because they do have so many uh, All Americans on that on that staff, and they're going to. He's going to in his final year is going to have to go. He's gonna have to be like Cal like, dude, if you're not if you can't play, you just can't play. And I think that's what he's trying to do, still trying to play everybody. And some games is not gonna be for everybody.
0: How much how much would it mean to you if you were able to uh you know grow it, grow for lack of a better term, cultivate a kid who gets some attention for the duke at Julie?
3: No, 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 that's not that's not. You're making me blush. Don't do that. <laughs> Come on.
1: It's going to happen, man. You got to be prepared, man. You I, start yeah, we're going to be going
3: to be going to going to be going going to
1: going
3: to be going going to be going to to yeah, I'm down, down the road, we I'ma get one. I'ma get one. I'ma 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 get some of that Donda money. And uh, yeah, no, I'm joking. But, <laughs> Go ahead, do I'm that. Done. Yeah. Nah, nah. nah, nah. I don't know if Kanye know what to do with, with CPS. Yeah. Right now, we can't do that with CPS. I but uh, yeah, man, it's, if it happens, man, that that would be huge. I would, I'm I'm more so be happy, more happy for the kid than anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Sure. Uh, so yeah.
0: But I guess the last thing I'm going to go out on, on on that, on that degree, like it's been a minute since, you know, the Chicago areas had like a, a, like that, you know, we produce good kids every year, but, you know, we haven't had those all American kids for a few years now, several years really you could say at this point. And, you know, I was just wondering like, who do you think, could be that next, like, McDonald's All-American type kid. Will it be shut? Will it be someone who is coming down the pike now? Or is it someone who may be in their, in their underclassmen,
3: you know, a freshman, of sophomore? So the one who would have been definitely transferred out, so the kid, J.J. Uh, yes. uh, Taylor, we know. But it was another kid that was better, I felt, that was somewhat better him, a kid named uh, Matt Matis Buzelas who was at Hisdale Central, and he transferred out of state. He actually, in one ranking, he jumped to, like, number five, and he's at Brewster Academy. Uh, it was really good, man. Long, polo stick-type kid. Remind you of uh, Porzingis at six at 6'9", six, as a sophomore. I know he's doing big things out there at, at the prep school. But as far as in-state, I'll give a couple names. Like I said, we already talked about James Brown. We talked about Morris Johnson. Look for those guys. A guy that we that you guys see and learn and start hearing his name, a kid from Lamont. His name is um, Nogis Industriales or something it's something like that. Nogis. That kid can do a little bit of everything. He flew under the radar last year as a freshman and, and practically scored averaged 20-some points a game as a freshman. Playing in a conference with Hillcrest, um, freaking HF. I uh, like that tough conference. As a freshman right. kid, six 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 seven put up numbers against those type of caliber teams. And, yeah, he's somebody who well, I would think would be under the radar. That you should definitely keep your ear out on. Uh, who That's else? Lamont High School. Lamont High School, yep. They have a nice little fun team uh, to watch. Okay. Anybody else uh, is going to be iffy. It's going to be iffy because a lot of guys just – a lot of guys are uh, 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 just sort of like pushing themselves over each other. And that's only in the state. There's not many that's nationally recognized right now. I, I'll be. I want to see how the, the freshman at Kenwood and Saint Rita. Steve, uh, do you, how
0: much do you think the local scene is missing out from guys like JJ Taylor and, and and guys like that making those moves? Like we spoke to it with Tony a little bit ago. Like. You know, of course, you want to look, you want to do what's best for the kids, and you want the you know it's good to have the that the kids have the uh you know the 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 authority to be able to do these make these moves for themselves and their families, but you know just you know what do you think it, the impact that it could have on the wider scene in Chicago, Chicago Lane?
3: It's scary because I don't see it stopping because Mm -hmm. every day it's a new school popping up somewhere. And then, I think it's going to be a trickle-down effect, honestly. What's going to happen is that the top, the top teams are going to start losing their players. And we've already seen it a little bit. Now, those teams are going to just go to the lower schools and pull their best players.
0: And Mm
3: -hmm. not a lower level. Yeah, so it's just going to be a trickle-down effect. So, that's the scary part about it. Um, we're, We're missing out. Like, Honestly, you got to think about kids like Jeremy Fierce, who's at La Lalamere, who left his sophomore year. Top top, top 50 point guard. It's uh, a possibility he might return next year to play with his younger brother, Joliet West. But, man, he's so fun to watch when you can see him. And I, and I watched him play with Bradley Bill over the summer, and he's really, really good. Um, so missing out like him, guys like, again, the Matis Bruzelis, who would have been a household name by by this point, if he would have stayed here in Illinois. We're missing a lot of top talented guys. You gotta think, Amari Bailey, if he doesn't leave, is still at Whitney Young, maybe, and now now we have a, a, a for sure make All-American. So it's, man, it, it's, it's tough, man, because, you know, we don't have that money to try to compete with a lot of these guys, and all they're doing is plucking, and it, it only gets worse because you got the overtime lead now. I haven't really heard much about it, but they're still, you know, taking top players and and doing stuff with them. So it's, man, it's it's it's. it's I'm sort of lost words because I, I hate that these that kids are leaving because these younger kids who never got a chance to see him would have would have definitely been appreciative to watch these top national talents in their city in their state.
0: Yeah, I'm, I guess uh, you know Tony Tony said too it's like a. It, it could be some pluses and minuses that we involved with it. And to me, it just seems like it's it's the encroaching professionalism that, you know, we have to make, you know, sooner and sooner these kids have to be, at, you know, almost working at a professional level and in the, in the moves that they make and the way that they have to apply themselves to the game, I think there's is almost no transition from being a kid to being a professional. It's, it's getting... Less and less of that time for them where they could just play the game and develop in a natural way.
3: Yeah. No, it's, it's it's tough and it's hard too when you have your parents who are all in on you trying to go to the league too now. So now you're putting the added pressure, you know, like I said, like Tony was saying, you, you understood J.J. Taylor's uh, point of view because they were helping him and his family. It wasn't just him. And they were helping them now because they needed it now. And the more and more we start having kids that come up that way, it's like it's gonna take away from the talent pool and it's gonna hurt our, it's gonna hurt us overall as a as a Chicago Mecca basketball because we're not pushing out those guys anymore. They're from here, but they're not playing here, and so it hurts our name as being the Mecca of basketball because, yeah. A lot of bagging. We spoke, we we spoke a couple of weeks ago on this show
0: about like that moment when you had what it was a uh, Cliff Alexander and um, that you had like the three I think it oh, was, yeah. uh, it, yeah, it it was and, yep yep Jabari and um, and Tyler Ulyss that Tyler host, that's, Uless. Yep. They, they were all all Americans the same year. England- they had the game here in Chicago. J- Jaleel over yeah, it's like Charles everything Matthews. revolving yep. around Chicago in that moment yep. when, when they were having the games here every year. And like this, it's it seemed like a long way from that now when looking back on it, man.
3: No, it definitely does, man. It, because man, realistically, I mean DJ Stewart was a McDonald's All-American, but because of the COVID, we didn't get a chance to see him play. So we mm-hmm. actually had a McDonald's All-American who he broke the, the cycle, uh-huh. but because we didn't see it, it sort of it goes unnoticed. Um, and, uh, yeah. The bringing up those names like the Golden. Age, I felt like I was in the in the heart of that of, 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 of that of that talent pool at the time because my cousin was at uh, he was an assistant coach at Illinois at the time. So having to go with him to games to go sit and watch Jaleel, go sit and watch Cliff, to go sit and watch Jabari, knowing that them kids wasn't coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying it was. <laughs> It was like, God, man, you know, only, you know, what if. But we end up getting – I'm saying we, but they end up getting guys like Kendrick Nunn out of that situation. Uh, Tyler Eulis, I said for the longest. I saw Tyler Eulis his freshman year. He was still living in Ohio. They had a a, a basketball camp at the, the – now, I don't think it's the Bulls Academy that's in Lyle. It used to be the Bulls Academy. It was him. Laram um, yeah. Black, I think, was there. I was I was at the referee in the games. Uh uh Quinn Snyder like it was like all the top eight players in the nation they were there and Julius right then and there looked like a high major point guard going against everybody. Man, it was it was crazy, but man, uh I hope we can get back to that. It feels like we're getting back to that. But like I said, only time will tell cuz you said with all our sophomore class is really heavy with high-major talent, especially bigs. It's, it's, we're we're rich with bigs in the in the lower class, in that class because uh, normal Illinois has a guy named Jaheen Weber, another high-major type of kid that uh, will go on the right because of where he is. Um, and then, like I said, the kid Jaden Smith that was at Lincoln Park, another potential high-major guy. So maybe we could be getting back to that. Just hope nothing happens where they have to leave. And uh, man, we can—they can basically put Chicago back on the on the proverbial mecca map of nationally.
0: National. That'd be great to see. That'd be great to see.
1: Yeah,
3: you guys got anything else you want to throw at, at Steve? Yeah, because yeah, they trying to push me out. It is nine o'clock, and <laughs> I'm still in the school. They like, hi, right, uh, Coach. Yeah. Go ahead. I got, no, I got a no, no issue? About Glim- who that
2: Glenbar West? Yeah, by Glenbar West. They the number one team in the state Ooh. right now. Yeah, led by uh um, Braden Huff. What you think about him? A Gonzaga commit. My pop was telling me he had checked me two ago. He said, Man, they a real unselfish team that like to spread the ball around, man. They real fun to watch. I'm not used to seeing too many hoopers come out of Glen Ellen. So I was kind of shocked when I saw that they was number one in the state.
3: Yeah, let me let me tell you guys something. It was weird that, that we had this whole conversation and didn't even bring them up. I'm glad you did. I, w- I, w- I-, I would have felt bad not talking about Wimbledon West. Easily the number one team in the state. Easily could go undefeated without a bro- Braden Huff, like you
1: said.
3: six, 6'10", t- six could put the ball on the ground, could shoot it, can do a little bit of everything. They have shooters all around him. It's like three or four shooters. He's capacity. He can pass. He shoots himself. Um, gosh, they have uh, uh, I can't and again, my mind, because I'm I'm exhausted, so I can't remember everybody's name. Kaden Pierce, another six-eight size-wise. Like they don't have to put the ball; they just advance the ball up over their head, and next person catch it, advance it. Like it's like crazy, and no matter what you throw at them, they they have a way to, to beat you. You you can't you can't beat them. They're gonna go one-three-one. You can't you can't, it's hard to, to play against it because their length just covers the whole ground. You could be a college team and it's still going to give you luck mm-hmm. because they have college left on on their side they man I I can't wait to see them this weekend they're not playing an elite classic but they're playing uh, they're playing one of my favorite players uh, Nick Martinelli at Glen, Glenbrook South on Sunday at Ridgewood shootout okay. and I have mm-hmm. like that's a must for me okay. I have to go be at that game uh, Nick Martinelli okay. is one of those kids that if you You go find out. People say I was his biggest fan. Kid, he's going to E-line, can finish and do everything around the rim. Um, And he has a a teammate in Connor Norad, who a hard-working player. Just reminds you of Caruso. Reminds you of Caruso. Just kind of does a little bit of everything, plays hard, no matter where he is. Um... So yeah man like that's that's a must game like I'm excited to see that game more than I am any of the elite classic games. And elite classic is going to be a great one to be at, but that that game on Sunday at 2:30 Glenbrook uh uh okay. Glenbrook South and uh Glenbrook West is going to be a man one one to be at. Well, that's that's why we talking to you man. You got to put us on with these things man. So that's why we glad to have you on, coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Oh, uh, anytime, man. Anytime, man. Like uh, I, I'm a basketball guy through and through. You know, it's, it's bad. My, my life is calling me because she's locked up the house and I'm still here talking about this.
1: And uh, we, she's yeah, like, "What took you so long?" We ready to wrap up anyway, coach, so we, Yeah, right. we'll
0: let you go. But thanks again. We appreciate your support and uh, definitely hope, wish the best for you this season and. We'll uh, we'll keep in touch definitely.
1: Yeah, congrats on the thank win tonight.
3: You thank you, coach. thank you, Drew. I'm gonna call you coach. You coach so much. All right, <laughs> you gonna be coaching too? get Drew in, yeah, man. <laughs> I, man, I need it, man, man. I I, I need another coach. I need another coach. Drew. If you there you go, I bro. mean, if you, if you can, bro, get up here. All right, fellas, I gotta go. I gotta go. All right, I got these guys, we're waiting for them. Amen. They upset. All right. All right, fellas. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Yeah. We need we need to have a video diary with Steve, man. We do we need to do something with you, man. Man.
3: Yeah, man, I don't know. We got a lot going on. What do you want, son? Put it up. All right, my fellas. I got to go. All right, man. Take care, Steve. All right.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good one, man. We definitely yeah. appreciate uh the the knowledge that Steve, you know, like he's he's, he's out there, man, writing and coaching and, and definitely put us all up on a lot of stuff. Gay man, you had some great questions, but I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up yes. West because I wouldn't have brought him up. I was getting ready to wrap it up. So
1: I've been hearing a lot about them. I've
2: yeah. been hearing so much about them man as a group and my my cousin plays out in their conference and okay. my father got a chance to catch him and I've been reading a lot about them in the paper and I'm like I've seen Braden Huff's his highlights and stuff, but I really didn't. His team in the surrounding part around him were that good. So I definitely mm. got to check
1: them out. For sure.
0: Because Zagas seemed to be like keeping steady too, like a, a little bit of a reach out here with, with, with some kids. So that's that's interesting. Yeah.
2: You know why though? Roger
0: Powell.
1: Oh, okay. West yeah. Standout.
2: Former. Oh. Yeah. That's Mark Fuse, lead assistant. And he's he's done a hell of a job being a recruiter. It was with Valvo and Drew and, and Gonzaga. Um, it's just continuing. He, he's putting on he's putting in a lot of work on the recruit trail for those guys and helping them get a lot of guys out the Midwest. Whether it's with Jalen Suggs, Chet Holmgren, and now Braden Huff, I Mark Few's been around. I've seen him in a lot of open gyms at Quest. I remember like six years ago, he was just like asking a bunch of questions to guys about like certain sets and was talking about his affinity for Chicago players. So I'm not really mm-hmm. surprised to see Gonzaga take this rise, especially when he's been going n- internationally and now nationally, you know, recruiting guys out of, you know, other areas besides just the great Northwest. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely Gonzaga is a national program at this point, and, you know. Chicago's gonna remain a, a spot where these big programs keep, you know, f- trying to feed themselves to get get players. Even if you don't get the top top players here, you there's always there's always talent here to get that'll help you build your programs and, you know, possible pro talent. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it, it's it's great to be able to to recognize this stuff on the ground floor, man. So uh, definitely definitely gonna be a uh, Keeping up with with how the high school scene goes, and you know, utilizing people like Steve and Tony, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend and and, and looking at uh looking how the the season develops with all these these great uh, prep players here in in Chicago, in the city and, and right out, right outside. So that's uh that's it for this show, though. You know, guys, great job, man. Really appreciate you riding with me on this one, and um, we'll be back next week with another, another new running episode, and um, until, uh, look at, we'll uh, do some looking back on the Chicago League Classic. I'll talk about that and uh, my experience and what I saw and everything, and uh, also, like I said, keep up with what the Bulls did with the Knicks and the Nets games, big games coming up, uh, and uh, some some college stuff too. You know, the uh, DePaul and Loyola's playing this weekend, so that's going to be a pretty interesting game on the local side. And um, yeah, definitely gonna uh, see how things fall out with uh, with the uh, I say the the Elite Classic and everything, and um, maybe even ch- uh, keep up with how that 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 big matchup that Steve mentioned to Barr West and uh, Glenbrook. So yeah, that's it for now, y'all. Thanks for watching. Uh, keep up following us on War Media on YouTube. Uh, War on Anchor on all major podcast platforms. Definitely follow these brothers uh on face on uh, Twitter. Uh those are tags there. Look what Drew did and what Gabe said. Great, always great basketball talk from them and uh, everything else, you know, that they offer on social media. Definitely follow them. And uh Drew, Drew, you got any new pieces coming out of anything?
1: No, I just gotta recap. Um I'm going to recap the uh, Bulls' Nest game on Saturday. Trying to get some time to work on the piece about what we talked about yesterday about how De- DeMar DeRozan might be the key to the Bulls figuring out how to play against zone defenses. But, man, just time, man. Time is of the essence, and I'm not sure I'm going to have it <laughs> to write that piece in the very near future. But I'm, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to see if I can get it out before somebody on the national side does it before me. But we'll see. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, you, you make sure yeah, you you're you competing out there, not for competing for for eyes and ears, man. You know, man. Yeah, and see, see, you might you might do something, and, and one of them national guys will, will just bite it anyway. So you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Man, that's yeah. how I,
0: that's, we we get a lot of that out there, and you know, in, in, in that, yeah.
1: uh,
0: I guess that'll be a compliment too, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it, I definitely uh. Like I said, keep up with Drew and and what he does, man, because he's he's been killing it on that writing side. Gabe, man, how how things been going with you, man? Are you you still – I I know you say you're developing some things yourself, man. You're still working on some stuff?
2: Still working on some things. You know, might put together spaces before the end of the year and talk about some NBA, you know, stuff among some other sports topics. If I do, I definitely make sure to let people know um across Twitter and you know all my social medias Facebook included on my real name. Um as far as like you know with podcasting and whatnot, definitely gonna dibble and dabble in that a little bit start next year. Um by the by the time summer roll around next NBA season I definitely have some stuff where I'm getting on consistently each and every week with some things. So I'll be back soon. Definitely
1: back into it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm looking forward to that because your, your voice is important. Every time I talk to you, I feel like I learn something new. So I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah, don't doubt. But no so doubt. appreciate it. I
2: definitely, definitely will be back in that space for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so yeah, watch out for my guys, man. They're coming and we uh we steady riding into uh the, the two two the do the deuce deuce. We're gonna be doing <laughs> it real big here with war media and elsewhere. All our all our friends and our connections out there. So In the meantime, y'all keep bouncing. We'll keep bouncing, and uh, we'll see y'all next week.